you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth on wednesdays at 4 p.m eastern time i go live on facebook to share my design tips to answer your questions to talk about what's going on in my world. Well, I not only share it on Facebook, now I'm going to be sharing it on my podcast. So today you will be hearing a recording of my most recent Facebook Live. Enjoy. So guys, as always, if while I'm talking and discussing, you have a question that comes up, my favorite way to answer questions is live. So keep them coming. And in the meanwhile, I'm going to go into the mailbag and answer the delicious questions you sent me this week. The first one came from Millie, and Millie writes, Betsy, I'm a very faithful listener. I have decided to take your online courses, and I can't seem to locate how to order them. I can't locate the shop tab on your website. I re-listened to your last podcast where you mention it, and yet I can't locate it. Will you tell me the pathway? All right, Millie. So I had to take the shop tab down for a while, and I am so sorry. I was reconfiguring things on the website. You may notice we have a whole new homepage. We offer new services. So if you haven't been to the website in a while, head back. And so for a little bit, the shop tab was down, but it is back. The shop tab is back. So you can head to affordableinteriordesign.com, clip on the shop tab, and you can get to our book, our online classes, and more. So there we go. But you had a part two of your question that I really want to dive into because I want to help manage people's expectations around hiring a designer, but also I want you to know what you should feel entitled to when you hire an interior designer. So here we go. You wrote, I worked with an interior designer in Denver very briefly prior to contacting you the first time. She runs a 95 an hour business and doesn't use the latest software that you see all the designers on TV using to design rooms. She still likes to hand draw. She she spent about five hours with me total, two at the property and the rest either viewing things I'd saved online or chatting with me about ideas. So for $475, I've gotten some good ideas on where to relocate big appliances in the kitchen, some really creative ideas that are very good, some tips about paint color choices, and lots of good guidance, but I haven't gotten a single sketch to capture what the new open concept between the wall and the kitchen and the great room would open if I knocked the walls down to create one room. 
I feel disappointed that I didn't end up with a sketch, and now I'm concerned at how long it would take her to create one by hand at her 95 an hour rate versus somebody having excuse me, versus having somebody come in and creating it in SketchUp for a fraction of the time. Am I being unreasonable? What tips would you find for, or I'm sorry, what tips would you give me for finding a designer locally in Denver that can do some sort of magic like they show us on HGTV, think Fixer Upper, Property Brothers, etc. I am not in need of the high-end designer to show me a slew of choices. I'm more in need of room configuration and what pieces would work best where. The steps done before this were mostly about color scheme. I'm really liking my designer as a person, but I'm just unsure if I should find someone more versed with the current software. Any advice for this dilemma? And then she goes on to say, really, my question is how much to expect out of my designer. HGTV creates a profile for us that may not be reasonable. I guess I like looking at the sort of stuff Joanna Gaines does and the world provides, but I'm not high maintenance. I listened to your podcast on designer selection, and I would work well with your office services, your virtual services, but I'm looking to tear down a wall and redoing every room in the house pretty much. I'm overwhelmed and without an overarching strategy. I hope that plus my property link, she sent me a link to her place, will help clarify my dilemma. Thank you, Millie. So Millie, this is a lot to chew on and I have lots of thoughts. So let's back it up a little bit. So you hired your designer at 95 an hour. My first recommendation for both designers and potential clients is that you ask ahead of time, what can you do in an hour? What can I expect? Would you create a proposal for me? I was just sharing this with my designers on our 90 day call today. We have a 90 day call to discuss goals and trends every 90 days. And I was saying, no matter what industry you're in, whether it's interior design or buying ice cream at the local creamery, there's two things we have to do. Set expectations and agree upon them. So my problem with somebody who works strictly hourly and won't tell you exactly what you're going to get for those hours is that you've agreed upon the price, but you don't have clear expectations. You don't know what you should be getting. And so you can't really determine if it's a value for you or if it's even going to work for you. So I think that was the first misstep is, first of all, that designer should change her packages or be more straightforward with what she can relay in an hour. And you should potentially have asked, designer, would you create a proposal for me that tells me everything I'm going to get? And then I'll be happy to pay that 95 an hour for that breakdown. For instance, in my business, once you hire us for a plan, we have seven plans, but then once you hire us for one of those plans, you can add on a la carte and we tell you exactly what you're going to get for an hour. So one hour in, in person time, we can design one room or we can find six to eight items for you. Now, does it really take me an hour to find six to eight items? No, usually it takes me longer than an hour to find six to eight items. But sometimes, every now and again, it might take me a little less. It depends on the item. Light fixtures take me a really long time. I was sharing with my designers, rugs take me an abnormally long amount of time. And so if I have a lot of light fixtures, if I have a lot of rugs, well, I'm not gonna fit that six to eight in an hour. But I'm not going to make the client pay for that. I want to give them a formula. I want to give them an expectation that we can agree upon. So that was the first misstep, Millie. Now, the second thing you should do now that you've already spent quite a bit of money on her and you feel like you really need that layout is you should just ask her, 
how long would it take you to do a layout? Because maybe she'll just say 45 minutes. You don't know how quick she is at hand drawing. And I must tell you, as somebody who used to use SketchUp, that website, that software takes forever just to create a simple floor plan. Uh, to create a simple floor plan, SketchUp is not the way you wanna go and she'll be spending maybe longer. I could have hand drawn faster than I could have done SketchUp. Let me put that out there. So you wanna just ask her how long it's gonna be and see if that's worth it for you because it sounds like you already got a ton of value from her. So just adding on a little bit more, but before you do, let's learn from the mistake and find out exactly what that estimate will be. And now she's intimately acquainted with the space. So she should be able to tell you that very quickly. Now, should you be hesitant to hire a designer who doesn't work with modern day software? No. No, you shouldn't because using the tools and using hand drawings is totally fine. But the thing about that is not that it's inaccurate because it's not. It certainly could be just as accurate as doing it on the computer if you're using graph paper and a scale ruler, etc. But the problem is it takes a lot of time because if you want to make a change, well, I'm imagining she has to erase or move the little pieces of furniture around the graph paper. So the problem is not the initial plan. It's about revising that plan and how easy that is to do on software versus in person and you're paying for that in person or hourly time. So that would be the rub there. So I wish instead of charging you hourly for that floor plan, she would charge you per room. So I will charge you $95 per floor plan per room. And if there's any revisions, those will be an extra $35 or something. You just need to have that expectation and agreement. That's the thing. So I don't think you have to have the modern day software. In fact, full disclosure, are you ready for full disclosure? I mean, I'm just being so transparent today with my no makeup and all the glamour that comes with the snow day. Um, I used to do, when I started, exclusively hand-drawn floor plans. I have my trusty scale ruler right up there. I love her. And I used to have my graph paper. And now I have segued to a really easy service called Icovia. Oh my gosh, it could not be easier. I can make a floor plan in 15 minutes. And I can drop in little furniture. You can even drop in like a sleeping cat or a clumped up ball of laundry. It's so great. And it's like, it's like using stickers. It's really fun. But um, there's just a lot of options these days. And so I think everyone should be switching to software, even though I wouldn't hesitate to hire someone who is hand drawing as long as they would include revisions and wouldn't charge you for the amount of extra labor that causes. So I have a live question. So I want to get to that before I dive back in. Barrow writes me, now that you're on the topic of software, what do you use? What would you recommend for home stylists? Yeah, so this Icovia thing is amazing. So it's icovia.com, I-C-O-V-I-A.com, and you can create floor plans. It really takes me 10 to 15 minutes, and I have so much fun. Like literally, I mean, this is what I do for a living, so maybe that's just my bag, but I have so much fun creating these floor plans and dropping in a sectional versus dropping in a cute little tufted ottoman versus a straight ottoman. They just have all these different choices. I can even choose the type of plant I want to drop in. There's other things too. Uh, I just don't happen to know them or use them. I don't really stay on top of the latest apps or the latest um 
you know, just the trendy stuff. Like there's Modsy. There's all these trendy ones where you can even kind of create fake 3D renderings. But unless it's going to help my business because I'm so busy and I don't just do this for fun. I do this because I have lots of clients. Well, I just stick with what I know and what's really fun and relatable and accurate. So there's probably even cooler ones than Icovia, Vera. But I, I just love Icovia. Seriously, in my free time, sometimes I just make additional floor plans because I have a problem. That was a cry for help. It was a cry for help. I should really be showering instead of making additional floor plans. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. All right, let me go to my next question while I wait for more live deliciousness. Oh, oh, real quickly. Real quickly before I move on, I must say, Millie, this HGTV magic, you want me to find a designer in Denver who can provide HGTV magic? Oh, hell no. I'm not setting up any of my designers for failure like that. HGTV magic is completely unrealistic. I have worked on TV shows, designed TV shows behind the scenes, and I won't reveal all that that is right here, right now. But let me just tell you, it is magic. It's not real. And it's not the way that anyone can functionally work in a landscape where they have other clients and where they have a life you know, where they have kids and a family and aren't just camped out in your front yard with a tent and a van for three days. So it's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. Even just furnishing a space from an empty room to getting the room filled and complete it takes a minimum of two months from the day you meet your designer to a week or two later when you get the ideas, to you actually ordering the items, to them arriving two weeks later, to the handyman coming, to dealing with the returns for the broken retail items. I mean, it's a process. Two months is the absolute fastest it can even go, and that's not even a home remodel. So just to put things in perspective, I tell clients when we're designing a place from top to bottom without any renovation, it's gonna take you two to four months. So put that little bit of magic in your bonnet and chew on it, Millie, because HGTV is a different animal. It's not interior design. It is TV production. So you want to think about the two things very separately. Uh, so now let me get to Jana's question. 
Hi, Betsy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yes, it still starts. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Betsy. I love your show. Here's my dilemma. I have a very open concept main floor, which includes a dining room, kitchen, island area, fireplace, baby grand piano, area with skylights, and with French doors. Centrally located to all these areas is a switchback staircase with a second floor balcony. Architecturally, the space has a lot of interesting cutouts and beams, but we do have unpleasant orange-toned stained woodwork that my husband thinks is a sin to paint white. I've lived here for eight years and feel like I've never successfully decorated this floor. I love jewel tones, but don't want to live in a rainbow. I feel like this space needs a coordinating color palette and design. Help! What are your tips for decorating an open floor plan? Any help is appreciated. Jana. My tip for decorating an open floor plan is that you stick with one color palette. Now, what is a color palette? A color palette is a foundation of neutral, right? So that's either gray, beige, or off-white. That's your neutral base. And then you add on no more than three colors. Now, three colors are true Roy G. Biv colors, colors found in a rainbow, right? So a color is not gray. It's not off-white. Those are those neutrals we were talking about. But a color is, in terms of jewel tones, navies, emeralds, ochres. These are the colors, right? So um, when you're using those three colors, first of all, you derive them from an inspiration piece. So I start with a piece of art you love or a rug or a pattern drape, anything in your space that you absolutely love that has three colors or more. Say it's a piece of art. Well, you pull your three colors that you're going to use throughout the space from that piece of art. But in order to make the open space feel differentiated, one area from another, you use the colors in different amounts. So for instance, in the living room, maybe you do 60% navy, 30% plum, 10% yellow ochre. But in the dining room, maybe you do 60% plum, 30% navy, 10% yellow ochre. And maybe in the entryway, you do 60% yellow ochre, 10% plum, and then 30% the navy. So you're using the same color palette throughout that entire open space, but in different doses. So that way, each space has a somewhat different feel, but it all looks cohesive when you're surveying it with your eyes. And ultimately, it all comes back to that one inspiration piece, that one piece of art, that you've got hanging in the entryway that sets the tone for everyone so that we know what to expect and we know from whence this beautiful palette is derived. So Jana, I hope that helps. And I have one more live question. Oh, I have a couple live questions um, before we hop off the air today. So let's get to Donna's question. Hi, Betsy. I wrote to you about having light blue walls, blue carpet, blue bureau, blue curtains. You suggested my cream color couch to try tan taupe curtains. I got them and they look great. I also took a large canvas that has various colors and put it above the couch. I use the painting as my focal point or inspiration image, good job Donna, to pick out the throw pillows. The painting has bright orange, burnt orange, maroon blues, and purple with a tad of lime. My question is about a narrow long side table I have. It is a tan color. I think the color is really bland. I was thinking of painting it. Oh gosh, oh gosh, Donna, slow down. What do you think, if you agree, what color would you choose? I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't think anybody, unless you're a DIY expert, should be hand painting their own furniture. Oftentimes it does not turn out well. You have to properly sand. You have to put it in an area where it can fully dry. 
I am not a fan of painting your furniture. Oftentimes that furniture is not even real wood. It could be pressed wood or fiberboard covered with a veneer. So when you do start to sand it, you will realize that underneath is just chipboard. I am very worried. So I do not want you to paint that. And I know it feels bland to you. So what I would recommend is putting a colorful tray on top or maybe a trio of vases. Each of these elements, maybe the tray is a shiny metal finish, and maybe the trio of vases is that rich purple from the artwork, but really accessorizing the table so that it adds visual interest rather than painting the table. That would be my piece of advice. Let's get to my last live question from Courtney, and then, um, then we'll sign off for today. Courtney writes me, Betsy, if we are considering building a house, what are some things you suggest that people might frequently do, but you would not recommend, i.e. grays, open concept, etc.? Okay, here we go. So there's a lot of things, first of all, um, because it depends how long you're planning on being there. It depends if you're thinking about resale value. It depends if you're thinking about... Um, flipping. I'm not sure what the intention is with building this house, but if it's going to be your forever home, you have more leeway. The one thing I would say never do, and then I'll sign off, is never do white on white on white, whether it's a kitchen or a bathroom. If you do white tile, white paint, white sink, white cabinetry, then nothing truly looks white because it's not all going to be the same shade. And even if by some miracle, or as Millie would put it, magic, everything starts out white, over time, uh, white cabinets tend to yellow in the sun. Things age differently. Your white countertops might get stained, or the white flooring might look a little bit dingy. So doing white on white on white ultimately never winds up looking that white. So think about mixing it up. If you're going to do white cabinets, I absolutely would not do white tile next to it. So sounds like my son is home for him his play date. <laughs> so this is a perfect time to wrap up, and I'm glad we're on that last question. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Katherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. 
If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.